Thanks for joining us in our journey of talking with God. Our goal is to encourage people to pray more often and to shed the stigma that talking with God is complicated or has some special formula. There is no special sauce. God, our Father, is there to listen to us in all seasons. Whether you're in a happy mood or maybe you're facing some struggles and find yourself angry at the world, or even God himself, he is still there. Each week, we bring you a single prayer from a single person. They can choose to remain anonymous or provide their identity. That part is not important. What is important, however, is their prayer. We all pray differently, and our goal each episode is to show you how this one person prays to God. We hope you enjoy your time here with us. If you do enjoy the content, then please subscribe to our podcast for future episodes. Thank you for joining me once again on Talking With God. I am grateful that you are taking time out of your day to spend it here with me. Last week, I touched on how the COVID-19 virus has taken the world by storm. Civilization, as we know it, has ground to a halt from something we never really knew existed until the beginning of the year. Millions are now forced out of work. Travel is only if necessary. Hundreds of thousands of people are infected. Tens of thousands have died, and more will. That number will inevitably crest over the 100,000 mark. Now this is extrapolated data, but it's also not the world's first pandemic. And so we have a better understanding of how they work. We've become very good at math and we can develop a curve to see when each country that is affected will peak, to see when each city, each locality will peak in their death rate and their infection rate. And to help flatten this curve, local, state, federal governments, and the United States have put in place stay-at-home orders asking citizens to distance themselves from all but their household. Now this includes closing many public gatherings such as churches. And that is what I talked about last week. God is not in a building we call a church. He doesn't live there. When Christ died and the new covenant was established, the curtain to the temple was ripped top to bottom and the presence of God left that place. But it can seem like he isn't here too, can it? We see that no one is free from being harmed. First we thought, oh, children are safe, we must protect our aged loved ones. Then we see middle-aged people, there are people my age, I'll be 37 on April 8th, that have died. That's scary, I mean, we are in good health, we should not be afflicted, at least that's our mindset. Then we also see celebrities and well-to-do become afflicted, and some even succumb to this viral attack. And then we learn more. And now we have infants that have died from this virus. It is scary stuff. I'm not going to sit here and lie about that or give you some prosperity mumbo-jumbo. As a Christian, we are obligated to speak the truth. Compelled to. Otherwise... We aren't living like Christ. So, back to our question. I mean, it's it's your question, and it's my question sometimes if I'm being honest. No one is exempt from faltering faith. Look at how Peter wavered even knowing Christ personally. And yet still, the question sits on our hearts and mind. God, where are you? My friends, the question is, really does have a simple answer. 
He is right here. He is right beside you in your fear, in your joy, in your pain, and certainly, as humanity walks through this biological evil, he is here, too. In fact, consider how uniquely qualified God, above anyone else, is capable of being in the thick of this climate with you. Christ lived as a human. He suffered as any human would. I'd even say he suffered greater given how the Bible explains his treatment in the final hours of his life. And then he died just as any human would. But the good news is he defeated all of that. Not even death could stop God. Therefore, he is the living God. And there's no religion, not even one, that can profess that. Only Christianity has that claim. So if God is living, and he has lived as a man, especially like I discussed last week, in a time where disease and poor hygiene ran rampant, why does God allow this to happen today? Well, Jesus told us directly in John 16, verse 33, that I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. See, our faith teaches us that God does not cause evil, but he does permit it, always with the intention of drawing good out of it. God's ways may always remain a mysterious to us, but we can be confident in his love for his creation and his love for each one of us. Acts chapter 2 verses 20 through 22 through 25 is a clear representation of what I'm getting at here. This is what it says. It says, Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with mighty works and wonders and signs that God did through him in your midst. As you yourselves know, this Jesus delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God. You crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. God raised him up, loosing the pangs of death, because it was not possible for him to be held by it. For David says concerning him, I saw the Lord always before me, for he is at my right hand that I may not be shaken. Therefore, my heart was glad, and my tongue rejoiced. My flesh also will dwell in hope. And that is a really important part of Acts, because that is right there at the crest of when the church is about to gain thousands of followers. It's amazing. But see, Christ knew what plans were made for his life, and yet he fulfilled those plans in spite of the pain that he knew that was coming. Great things often come from pain. You can look through history and you're not going to find it. You will not find a single person that God has used greatly that wasn't hurt deeply. And giving up his son, he bore the deepest wound for you. He bore that for your parents, your siblings, your friends. For me, my family, 
He did that for all of us. Every single person who has lived, is living, or will live. Now, humanity is in pain right now. I mean, we face this pandemic, and we're bearing a grievous wound, one we didn't even ask for, but it's one that has appeared. But I want you to take heart because great things have already come from this wound. And I want to highlight them to show you that God is right here with us. And the first thing highlights a problem too. It's something that we get into as humans because we like familiarity, right? Change is difficult. Don't fix what isn't broke is the mindset that we like to take. But with the need for us distancing ourselves from other people, churches are being forced to engage in ways they previously considered detrimental or even ungodly. Last week, I talked about this with closed doors and open hearts. So if you haven't listened to that, definitely listen to it after this, and then think about these two episodes. What we are seeing is that God is showing the world that a building is a man-made structure that will eventually fall. But the church, the body of Christ, which we are a part of, does not need that building to continue praising him. Churches have been reaching out through live streams and drive-in sermons. We live in a time of greater connectivity than ever, and that technology is being put to good use for God's work. Now, once this pandemic subsides, churches will go back to meeting face-to-face. We, by nature, enjoy that physical gathering. What I pray for, though, is that they do not give up the work that they did during the pandemic. It would instantly cut off those who may be homebound or have social anxiety. God is on the move, even in times of a pandemic, brothers and sisters. Another thing to consider is the people who are caring for those infected with COVID-19. Now, whether a person saving lives as a Christian or not has no bearing on God's presence. I want to make that clear. He's there. It doesn't matter whether they believe that he's there or if the person who is being worked on is not saved, doesn't believe in him. That's not how God works. He's there, ready to be accessed by anyone if they call out to him. But they are putting their lives on the line because of a calling. You know, Jesus, he came into our world as a healer. And every place he went, he brought the love of God to people who were blind, deaf, paralyzed, handicapped, epileptics, and lepers. Those afflicted with chronic pain and suffering. Jesus moved through this world with his heart open in compassion and his hands ready to serve others in love. He tells his followers in John 13, verse 15, For I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done to you. That says it all. So let me leave you with this. The answer to our question, where is God in this pandemic? It's simple. God is love. And where there is love, there is God. So let us love one another in this time and beyond. While we must remain distant, we can be close and united with our hearts open to what God is showing us through this season. Will you pray with me? Father, it seems like every day we see news that is more troubling than the day before. 
our world is in a state of upheaval that we have not seen in more than a century. People are suffering in horrifying ways, and we come to you with hearts that are broken, hearts that may be wavering, and hearts that are completely shut off. We are seeking something. Some of us will know that it is you. Others simply know that there is a hole that feels bottomless. You are the greatest healer the world will ever know. I'm not asking for a wave of the hand and everything be reset. But I do ask that you fill those broken hearts with your love and allow them to be mended from your goodness. To crack open the doors to those closed hearts and fill them with your Holy Spirit. Satisfy our hunger, God, as we seek more of you. Allow us to strengthen us. Give us resolve that will not waver as we deal with an unseen predator. I come to you, a, a man who is imperfect, who with nothing to offer you but myself, and beg that you help draw families closer if they lose a loved one, or to give doctors greater knowledge to combat this virus that is ravaging your people. Give pastors and church leadership the resilience they need in this season and provide them with knowledge to continue to shepherd your flock and help them navigate the tough questions that that flock will ask them. You are good all the time, even if we don't understand your plans. Our faith is strong, Father. Allow us to be champions of your grace in these times. Thank you for your Son. Thank you for his sacrifice. The wounds he bore allow us to have hope and grace. In Jesus' holy name, amen. Thank you again for taking time out of your day to spend with us. Can I ask a small favor? Okay, well maybe it's a couple, but they are really important. First, can you subscribe to us? Second, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, can you give us a rating and let us know how we're doing? That helps our podcast get discovered, and if I'm honest, it makes us feel good too. Even if it's just a one star out of five, it's crucial feedback so that we can improve. One last thing, can you share this with your family or friends? We're on all major podcast platforms, and even if it's just two people, maybe your whole Facebook or Twitter, whatever you're comfortable with, we're happy to have that. It would mean the world to us, because every little bit helps us get discovered and allows us to share God's message to the world. We hope that by sharing this prayer with you, that you are encouraged to pray more often and more comfortably. And most importantly, your relationship with God grows in talking with Him. If you'd like to share a prayer, check out the link below and contact us. We love you and hope that you visit us again next week.